0: kind of mood. I think Bigfoot is
1: blurry, that's the problem, it's not the photographer's fault, Bigfoot is blurry, and that's extra scary to me, because there's a large out-of-focus monster roaming the countryside. And welcome back to the Nightshades Echo, the podcast of roughly sort of kindly uh named after Witches Huppick Brooms. This is Ryan and this is Susan. We were gone last week because we had life. <laughs> it's true. It was life happening last week, so uh-huh. we all we had a meltdown. <laughs> I pulled half of my hair out uh and had almost three strokes, so
2: kids. Don't do not do it, y'all. Just uh, don't do it.
1: I've watched enough Mickey Mouse Club and Dora the Explorer to be uh, fucking write books about them.
2: Probably. Um, and now my son has decided he doesn't want to watch Dora anymore, and we're like, what the f- what, what? are we going to do?
1: You would cry if you didn't have Dora on. Like, he knew how to turn the TV on to get to Dora.
2: And mind you, he's uh, not two years old yet. And we
1: have a Roku TV, and he knew which app it was and how to get to it.
2: Yeah, he's extremely smart. He knows what he wants, when he wants it, and he's basically got us wrapped around his little uh, fingers. It's uh, sad.
1: So now it is Puppy Dog Pals and the Mickey Mouse Clubhouse.
2: Oh, he absolutely loses his shit when Mickey Mouse comes on. I mean, he screams when, the intro song. When the, when the
1: intro comes on, for some reason, there's a part of it. Also, the outro where they do the hot dog dance. He goes, uh... He makes like his, he makes this weird demon possessed noise. It's he weird. He really fuck. does.
2: He really does sound possessed. It's uh, scary. He, we both just like look at each other when it happens because we don't know whether to laugh, cry. It's weird. It's weird for sure. Like okay, dude, chill out. What's fun? And then he'll screech to part of the song. He's just he's <laughs> he's just singing
1: like the part in Dumb and Dumber where he goes, you want to hear the most annoying sound in the world? And he goes, ah! It's kind of like that. <laughs> I'm sorry that was really loud, but I had to demonstrate the sounds that my son was making.
2: Um, and we, did it, have,
1: we had somebody ask us what the na- why we talk about witches humping brooms in our, in our name in the beginning of the show. So, the name Nightshade's Echo was completely random when I came up with it. Completely random. It didn't, didn't mean anything. However, the more I looked into it, and I coincidentally kind of heard something, and I was like, holy shit, that makes sense. Here are my papers in the background. I'm, I like Alex Jones. So, so basically what happened in the Middle Ages, they used Deadly Nightshade, Henbane, Mandrake, and jimsonweed. All those are hallucinogenics. You take that shit, it will fuck you up inside and out. Not only make you hallucinate, but it will make your insides like rot out pretty much. They use these 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 plants in salves and ointments, and one of the most common one was called a wood softener. So they put this shit on brooms, on door handles to make the the wood last longer. You know, so it wouldn't crack or dry. So farmers and these witches would take these brooms and door handles, mainly brooms and like pitchforks and things like that. And they would use them in ritual fertility, fertility not, not fertility, fertility rituals. And so what they would do is they would dance with them while straddling the broom or the pitchfork, almost like they're riding a broom. However, however, the ointment that was on it would get into their genitals and they would soak it up. So not only were they hopping around on these brooms, they were high as high, balls tripping out, believing that they were flying or riding on these brooms. Another thing that happened, mainly during like the witch trials and stuff, and as, if you look at the witch trials, it happened mainly with younger girls, like teenage girls. So what they would do is uh, the girls got lonely. And so this ointment was on these brooms, and they would put the broom on the ground. They would straddle it and hump the broom because it was a type of masturbation. So they were riding the broom, and you could hear the echoes from that deadly nightshade. So that's the, the orange of the name. The nightshades echo
2: uh, yeah, there you go. Um, that is the the history behind the nightshade History
1: of witches riding brooms and the name of our podcast.
2: yep uh, I a lot of people who once we tell them the history, they think that's actually really hilarious
1: and it wasn't meant to be that. I just it just so happened to coincide with something I'd heard you know while listening to another podcast that they were talking about witches and stuff. I'm like, holy shit that that makes sense. With the name, the echoes with the nightshade.
2: It's 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 interesting how that all. Um,
1: it's a synchronicity almost.
2: Well, yeah, and just think that um, it, it was interesting that you picked the name without even really realizing the that it was a perfect name.
1: Yeah, it was just it was a random bunch of words, and I was like, "Nightshade, Echo," like that sounds spooky.
0: That Sound, sounds sounds like like
1: I, I I envision like a dark forest or like a city where like like the dimly lit uh, lights along a street and like there's a shadow underneath of it. The night shades echo. It almost sounds like a, like a 1930s noir film.
2: Well, I was in my mind just now. It was Twilight Zone.
1: Oh yeah, definitely like some Rod Serling. It
2: definitely stuff. sounds like a that, that could already be a, a Twilight not, Zone episode. It's not,
1: but it sounds awesome. Yes. Or the Night Gallery, if you also watched that one from the seventies, that one was that one was pretty weird. The The Night Gallery from the seventies, it wasn't as good as the Twilight Zone. However, there is some pretty good stuff. A lot of it was cheesy, though.
2: What was the name of that one?
1: Um, Boris Karloff's thriller also gets widely unrecognized. That was a great show.
2: Is that the one that I'm thinking of?
1: Uh, uh, you were you were the uh, the guy who did. Uh, uh, Ra- was it Roald Dahl? He had a show from the BBC channel from like the 80s that we watched where he was like in a robe smoking a pipe. That one, that I think one. it was Roald Dahl. Well, what's I can't also? remember the name of the show, but I, I'm, about, I'm almost like 70% sure it was Roald Dahl that did that.
2: Okay, it, yes. And he was like telling stories from like the fireplace with like yeah. a big
1: book. He had like a big like red chair like he was sitting by a fireplace. Yeah,
2: and um, he like narrated. Yeah. Narrated. But then it was like a different, like the Twilight Zone. And it a was a different show, episode, yeah. different characters, every episode. And I remember, like, we watched all this. I don't know if I was pregnant yet. I think it was on our Amazon son, Prime. Um, or not. But I remember you saw it was on there and you were like, <gasps> we've got to watch it all. And then you made me watch it. And one of the shows that really stood out to me is the one where um, the guy bets people. So, like... One guy, I guess, met, met that other one, and he had that nice fancy car. Remember? Okay, so, like, mm-hmm. I think that they were going to play cards. So that was how they got lured there. And that guy was like, well, I bet you this. And that's his whole thing is that he bets people, and that's how he wins. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It was almost like a... Like, magic-y oh, type okay. stuff. Like, most people are not smart enough to, to find the loopholes to get out of it, but he somehow found the loopholes. You know, I that remember, was a very interesting that, I one. I don't know at all,
1: but it reminds me of a Twilight Zone episode where the guy was able to uh, flip the dice where he was playing dice like a casino. And he was he was, he was was not smart, but the guy that was with him was like this New Yorker-type gangster guy and was like taking advantage of him. And he was using his mind to flip the die and whatnot. And eventually he was like, just did it on a roll so many times and he wouldn't stop. And the guy was like, you know, stop, stop. I'm not going to do this right because I'm going to mess up because I can't do it anymore. And eventually, like the end of it, he like, he bets everything that they'd won. And he told him, don't do that because I can't do it anymore. And so he does it anyways because he's so greedy. And then he loses everything. And then, uh, and then they go back to normal
0: life.
2: That's crazy. That would be some shit someone would do though.
1: Breaking news this week:
2: We got monkeys play games of pongs using only its mind. Scientists at Neuralink, it's a Elon Musk company, and uh, they have inserted a microchip into a monkey's brain. Now, when I heard about this, and I was like, you know what? I feel like we've they've been talking about this because I had like a weird déjà vu moment. Like I thought that this had already been done. Like, I felt like they'd already put a chip in there, but apparently not. This was just recent in the last, like, week or so. Um, The chip has allowed the monkey to play a game of Pong with only using his mind. Um, I'm guessing, like, maybe like a form of telepathy. Um, and, And the chip was calibrated first with the monkey using the joystick originally to play the game. Um, and then after a couple of minutes, um, they were able to get him to control it with only using its mind. Um, and he ended up getting very, very, very good at it. That's why they released the information. Cause if it was bad, they probably wouldn't tell anyone. Um, and you can find a video of like the, um, experiment that they did on YouTube, searching monkey mind pong.
1: And I believe we do have audio of this monkey. Oh, did a- a- we? A- yeah, and what he had to say about the mind pong.
0: <coughs>
2: <coughs> yeah, oh, uh, Bub-
1: bubbles there was not very happy about the mind pong.
2: Sounded, that sounded accurate.
1: <laughs> so basically, from what I I watched the video, and it was really interesting. So they hooked him up to like this video game. And they had a joystick there, and they had taught him how to use the joystick to play the Pong. And it's the Atari game, Pong. Like, beep, 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 you know, going back and forth. And he basically mastered it with the joystick, and they cut the joystick cord off. Like, there was nothing going to the joystick to control the TV. And they had already put the chip in him. And he continued to play. And so there's nothing moving in that except his brain, his mind. And he, was, he did not miss one. Like, I I, he was better than what I could have been.
2: And that's fucking creepy.
1: Controlled it completely with his mind, going back and forth like that.
2: Now, I do believe people um, can be telepathic, and I do believe in telekinesis and stuff like that, because it's basically just a form of energy, and as I've probably stated before, we're all made up of energy... Energy is what moves things. Is how we move. Is how we exist. So I, I do believe that those things are possible. Um, but I think it's not n- not natural, really. <laughs>
1: I don't like it because of the the military implications that it could they could do that with military.
2: Yeah, I just think you. It's uh,
1: crazy to you wouldn't have to control rockets with your hands or guns with your hands. That's scary.
2: Yep, brain your brain what if your brain starts malfunctioning how many how many of these people um aren't even in their right mind half the time with PTSD and stuff and I hate to say that but the amount of things that we have done to our people in the military you know I I first of all I don't trust like that uh secondly it just it's not right it just isn't
1: yeah I I don't I don't know. that's not cool with me our next story a russian official amidst the staging yeti sightings According to, New York, yeah, according to the New York Post, Amun Tuliaviv, who was the governor of Kemerovo uh, Oblast, I'll write this in the notes because I'm sure as hell didn't say that right. From 1997 to 2018, has confessed to fueling interest in Yeti sightings in the Shiora Mountains of Siberia. He held cash prizes on Yeti Day for those who could provide proof. He went as far as finding a tall man, having him wear a fur, fur coat and have him running up and down the mountains. The guy, however, remains adamant that the Yeti does actually exist. And we have audio from his press conference uh, of him stating that. I thought that 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 added a little bit of insight to to his case there. I mean, what did you think? I mean, we we talked about this, I think, in our very first show about people being uncredible with evidence, faking this evidence, and then making... The whole subject, you know, incredible.
2: Well, my whole thing is that uh, why make the statement? Um, why not just let your people believe um, that there really was a Yeti out there? Why? That's what I don't get. It's like, you know, you took so much time and effort, and you even paid a guy to go out there and do it. Um, why even rip that sense of false hope? Because he know? actually does
1: believe in the yeti i mean he said that he, he he believes in it and he thinks it actually does exist as you know thousands of people throughout the siberia and the Himalayas and things like that i mean the, the yeti is is just as big as a thing of bigfoot as is it is here you know what i mean
2: well right and i think we uh we talked about that too you know i i just said that the yet you know we agreed that the yeti was basically uh a cousin to bigfoot you know kind of like polar bears and regular bears um they're similar but different you know they look different because of their environment i just think that you know i we, you called it a snow squash yeah, snow
1: squash <laughs> but they do seem a little bit more aggressive from the stories i've read about people being kidnapped and animals being taken. well and
2: I'm, I'm wondering if that's because of their environment yeah like maybe potentially they're around less people they're a little bit more, it's like a like a rabid dog if they're, if they're not around people like, they're bruh, gonna attack i need this
1: muxoskin and so let me take it so i can eat it and stay in the winter you know what I mean? Well, right. I
2: think they they might be more aggressive because they're you know just like I said their environment they're not around people, um, and so therefore they're just not acclimated. I feel like you know especially in the Americas everything is so you know uh, there's not really dense forests anymore. Um, there's a lot of places where we've just forced it so much. That there just really isn't um, like we've disrupted their living, I guess you would say.
0: Yeah, we it's like their animals,
2: habitat. right? And so therefore, it has to travel more, and I feel like that's why it has more interactions with us because you know our uh, camping grounds are a little bit more habitable than fucking Russia.
1: <laughs> yeah, he's like cash me outside. How about that?
2: <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, <laughs> moving on, um, a man was freaked out by a face in his washing machine this past week.
1: So the LAD Bible reports that Alex Boardman was doing his laundry when all of a sudden he spotted a face staring at him in his washing machine. (laughs) It gave the man a panic attack as the face leered out at him. He states, I forgot I was washing my dog's blanket in David Bowie cushion. The face ended up only being in David Bowie cushion and it stopped perfectly in the machine. The show only his face peering out from the door window of the washing machine.
2: Honestly, that is kind of creepy. I'm and not we do lie. have
1: audio of the man freaking out. Now, this is breaking audio; it hasn't been seen anywhere else, and uh, you only get it here first.
0: <laughs>
1: so that was audio of the man freaking out when he saw David Bowie.
2: Yeah. yeah, I mean,
1: David Bowie is kind of scary, but a lot of people think he's attractive.
2: Uh, um I don't think David Bowie, Bowie is attractive. Um I think he has a very creepy look.
1: My cousin Courtney was obsessed with The Labyrinth. Is like the Goblin King David Bowie.
2: Oh uh, well, I know, but that's even worse cuz he was even weirder looking there. I don't get it. I mean, I'm not saying I didn't enjoy his music or anything like that, he's but He's a genius. Um I don't yeah, I don't like the way he looks. I, mm. No, but I would be freaked out if I saw a fucking face in my washer.
1: <laughs> and I'll post a link to the picture. There's a picture of it, and it's literally, he's got like one of those washing machines that have a circle door, and there's a glass door on it.
2: A front-loading Yeah, and it's literally
1: David Bowie, like, looking out with, like, both of his hands, like, I'm looking at you.
2: Yeah, no, um, <laughs>
1: um,
2: yeah, no, that's creepy.
1: So, the big thing we have on this show tonight, and this is a longer show than we usually have, however, we have an interview with a witch she's a practicing witch however she doesn't like to call herself a witch however me and you would call her a witch we we would call her a witch witch. Mm -hmm. and so this interview with her is almost two hours long however do listen to it because this girl has so much information that you and me and anybody else that's interested in things like this would love to ask she's very knowledgeable what she does she practices it And she just has a ton of knowledge that she spits out in this interview. So I I hope you enjoy it because I enjoyed, me and Susan both enjoyed interviewing her for almost two and a half hours.
2: Total. Uh, (laughs) um, I think we actually sat and recorded for over two hours. It probably won't be that long um, when we actually post the podcast. Um, But yeah, and we talked for a while before we even pushed the record button, probably almost 30 minutes so it is pretty long. Uh, we do hope you enjoy it.
1: I cover every topic that you could ever think of to ask a witch. If you had a one-on-one conversation with a witch, this is probably what it would sound like.
2: Probably, and it's all genuine. We didn't. We did not tell her um, ahead of time like what the questions were or anything like that. So you know, all of her responses are on the spot and genuine, and that's kind of how we wanted it. Um, those questions
1: do flow into each other and sometimes there's more that she adds to these questions that aren't necessarily the answer or the question, however it's all very good insight to the spiritual, pagan witch, uh, you know, Wicca witchery uh, scene so I think that uh, that actually added a lot of uh, content, and it was great content, and I hope that you do enjoy it so we will be right back with this interview and I hope you do stick around and enjoy it thank you Everybody, this is the Nightshade's Echo, and this week we have a special guest with us. She's a witch. Holy shit! Right, our third podcast, and we've got a fucking witch on our podcast, right? And so her name is Crystal Blaze. If you couldn't have gotten a better witch name than Crystal Blaze, maybe Crystal Luna Blaze, something like that with moons, right? And so yeah, that's right. Yeah, and, and so here she is. Um, we'll let you or we'll let you introduce yourself to the uh, podcast here.
3: Uh, yeah. Hi. Uh, yes. My name is Crystal Blaze. Um, while I do consider myself a witch, uh, I do have a lot of thoughts on the actual phrase and, uh, utilizing it and using it as uh, a title for yourself, um, and your practice. Um, I'm sure we'll, we'll get into that as we go through this conversation and this interview. Um, Thank you so much for having me on the show uh, and this podcast. I'm super excited, um, but yeah, my name is Crystal Blaze, and on the surface level, uh, I do consider myself a witch. So let's do this. And
1: we appreciate you coming on.
3: So
2: thank
1: you. Yeah, no, absolutely.
2: <laughs> oh well, you're welcome. Uh, for anyone who doesn't know, um, my name is Susan. And I invited Crystal to come on here. She's one of my best friends. We've known each other for a few years now. And um, we, as you guys might know, I have a metaphysical store. And uh, one of the things that we bond about is anything Crystal related, anything related to um, higher ascension, higher conscious type things. Uh, So we're super excited to have this um, interview with her today. She's super knowledgeable, and I hope you guys enjoy it as much as we do.
3: Uh, Oh, and and to add to that, uh, yes, absolutely. Susan, you are without a doubt one of my best friends. I actually consider you one of my spiritual mentors. Uh, You are one of my sources for getting my crystal and herbs resources and When I need to stock up for any type of event or projects or uh, spell work or anything that I need to do, I immediately check out your store first. Um, Susan has been one of my absolute best friends through this journey, and I do not think I would be where I am today if I didn't have her. So having her on this interview as well and this show as well is, is very special to me. I'm I'm very
1: excited. And we'll get right and into the it. questions. We'll get right into the questions. Uh, we've got a list here so. of like, I don't know, about 20, 25, 30 questions, something like that. Um, and we might not get through them, you know, based on how much Crystal wants to answer them. So our first one here is how long have you been into so-and-so uh, so witchcraft and how did you get started in the medical, metaphysical witchery type stuff?
3: Well, um. In all honesty, I believe that I've always been involved in it. Um, When I was uh, a child, my mother had an altar, and I didn't really know what it was or or what it meant, and she didn't really talk to me about it, Um, and I was always curious. Um, As I went through my toddler uh, pre, you know, middle school years, teenage years, young adult years, whatever, um, all of it kind of, just, it just, it was just stuff in movies. Um, to answer your question, I've been actively engaged in it, uh, what I would consider witchcraft or spiritual practice, um, for over five years. However, through that process, I've done a lot of work to realize that I've actually been practicing my entire life. So, while I didn't realize it was an active practice, I was doing it, and through the last five years, I've realized just how ingrained I was without realizing it, and and now I feel, even though it's only been five years, which might some some people might say that I'm a quote unquote baby witch. Um, that being said, it's not it's not that I feel like I'm new to the craft. It's just, I take it very seriously. Um, and, and therefore, yes, it's only been five years. However, I do feel like I have been practicing my entire life. So 29 years.
1: Do you, or have you ever ridden on a broom?
3: Uh, I have three brooms in my house. I've taken photo shoots of me riding a broom. Uh, I do believe it's possible to ride a broom. However, I do not think that it's a actual feasible thing because if you are a true witch and you are a true spiritual uh, practice uh, person, I don't even actually know the term for that, uh, riding on a broom is actually really impractical <laughs> and uh, <laughs> unnecessary. So I think that's a Hollywood thing.
2: True, because we yeah, got cars, is. you can go a lot faster with those.
3: Well, not only that, but if you're a true witch and you've done enough work, uh, you can just astral project astral, yourself yeah. to wherever you need to be, and you don't actually need to ride a broom.
1: And that's actually, um, I was going to comment on that. I said, you know, I was thinking when you said that was, uh, I wonder if they got this notion, you know, of witches riding on the broom uh, from maybe them astral projecting that they were doing that, or something kind of like... um you know, while people people can go to sleep and astral project and then, you know, go places and whatnot. Okay. And I wonder if that's not well, to something I, to do with it.
3: Well, the the broom itself, from a, a physical standpoint, uh, is, is a tool in witchcraft and in spiritual growth. Um, especially because you want to pay attention to the materials that make the broom. So when you look back at the history of what makes a broom obviously it's a a basically it's a stick with smaller sticks um the nature of it is clearing out what doesn't belong in your home right it's, it's cleaning it's cleansing it's it, you're removing the the things that don't need, you're removing dirt, you're removing negative energy, right? Like you're removing what doesn't need to be there. And if you look at the the material of it and things like that, a broom can represent a lot of different things from a lot of different perspectives. And therefore the broom itself is a symbol of being a, a witch, which is funny to me because in my mind, it just represents being a human because who doesn't want dirt out of their house?
0: Right. Who, who
3: doesn't want a clean home?
1: It's a metaphor. So,
3: when you look at a broom, you know I, it's always funny to me because I always think of the movie Hocus Pocus, and it's funny because you know uh, the one gets the broom, the one gets the mop, and the other gets the vacuum. Mm-hmm. And to me, that whole concept is super symbolic of how what used to be. Uh, you know, cleanliness meets technology, and how society has progressed. Because at one point in society, it was just you just sweep, and then all of a sudden they were like, now you have to mop, and then society's like, well now you have rugs, and you have to vacuum, and it's like, oh my god, what's the next focus? Focus? You're gonna have a fourth witch with a fucking Roomba? Like,
2: <laughs> what do you that. do? You they're in? gonna be literally, <laughs> um, they're gonna be standing on a f- fucking Roomba, right? Nice. And- <laughs>
3: And they're uh, gonna be like, I'm loving it, just
2: like, like
3: just spiraling around, like
2: <laughs> going like, around in circles, hitting trees, yeah.
3: and then all of a sudden they're gonna like hit a light post, and it's gonna be like error, error, error. <laughs> it, it to me, it's ultimately all of it centers around cleaning your home is about removing what no longer needs to be there. So the idea of the broom is very symbolic. Um, So your question, have you ridden a broom? Uh, Number one, yes, I'm a woman. So yes, I've ridden pretty much everything in my house at one point or another. (laughs) Um, I also, over six months ago, left a long-term relationship and have never lived alone outside of that. So yes, I have ridden a lot of things in my house, including my broom, because I'm a curious woman. I think that (laughs) people should be. <laughs> that being said, not in the sense of like I'm not practical magic over here, right? Like I didn't
0: mount my magic. room and beat <laughs> my Canada. Yeah.
1: Well this kind of plays into the next question. How does religion play in your craft and are you religious? And that could be, you know, any type of religion.
3: Oh, this uh, is my or just or question.
1: just spiritual.
3: I do not consider myself religious. I consider myself spiritual. Mm-hmm. Um, Religion plays a part in my practice in the sense of research, understanding, respect, and acknowledgement. I acknowledge, respect, and research every religion that I can, no matter what. Ultimately, I do feel that religions... Uh, and then the concept of them are guides for us to live our lives in whatever capacity we as individuals choose. With that being said, I have gone to many different churches, many different events. I've talked to many individuals. I intend to do the same. Because even if you talk to two people who consider themselves the same belief system or same religion or anything like that, they still have a different perspective. I agree
2: with
3: that. To me, thank you, Susan. To me, that is one of the things that makes being a human the most beautiful part of it. Because you can have the same belief system and still apply it in different ways and appreciate it in different ways. That being said, I also think that that same concept can be applied on the negative side. People can consider themselves a a certain religion and, uh, and, and, and they can really do some damage to the world and to themselves and their families. Um, And to others uh, with that same concept, it's just the the mere concept of coexisting with different belief systems, different religions, different spiritual paths and having that free will to choose and that mental capacity to associate and pursue perceive it as whatever we choose as individuals is the, is the true beauty of being a human is is what I believe. Um, So to, to answer your question, religion plays a huge part in my practice because I acknowledge as many as I can. I also come from a place of, again, respect, acknowledgement, curiosity, things like that. However, in my particular practice, I do not have a set belief system. I do not only work with Greek. I don't only work with Egyptian. I don't only work with Norse. I don't only work with Christian. Uh, I work with, and in my my craft, my practice personally, I communicate with different entities from several different
1: religion I think we've seen a big decline in organized religion at least over the last 20 years or so there's a ton of people who've just gone spiritual instead of being in a church and I I honestly think that's a great thing Um, I don't know if I mentioned on the podcast or not but my dad was a Baptist minister until I was about 16 years old so I grew up in a very very religious home I did Mm -hmm. fucking devotionals and did the song leading and all that good stuff you know and in fact when i met susan i was you know i'm i'm mm-hmm. 30 years no you know 30 years old now however i had had so much of that ingrained in me and i still do even though i don't believe it anymore but well, when i even after when
0: speaking
3: i can tell that while you were going through that you were always curious
1: Oh, yeah, definitely. I I remember reading the Harry Potter books, like, some of the first books I've ever read. I mean, oh, in school.
0: Oh, for Life.
1: And that was such a bad thing. I remember the church having, you know, oh, sermons yeah. over fucking Harry Potter. You know, there's oh, magic yeah. and you can't do that shit, you know.
2: Oh, basically. We had yeah. that, too, at my church, too.
1: And so when I met Susan, I actually it was kind of <laughs> like... Uh, uh, kind of like ooh, you got juju, you know, doing reiki and all that shit. I oh, still yeah, won't she, let her do reiki, reiki on me.
2: She, uh, yeah. When we first got together, they used to make fun of me. Okay, but listen, voodoo.
1: And I all that good yeah, shit. they
2: used to they used yeah. to say what I did was like bad juju stuff, which they were just giving me a bunch of shit. But it actually made me feel really bad there for a while because I was like, you know, I didn't mean to impart this on you. That's not my
0: intentions. Well,
3: ultimately, were are trying to just you. Once you realize the the nature of what you're doing being a spiritual person, you know that you ultimately are a source of
2: light.
0: Or you positivity. can decide that
2: that's not what you want to be, but I think for the most part I think I think most right. people just want to be good people and want to do good things and Right. you know what I mean? And just exist yeah. without so all you, this drama
0: you Share that
3: with people. And then they want to come at you and say, that's not what you're doing. You're doing bad things. You're just like, wait, what? No. And then you end up bego- beco- becoming an introvert and going through, you know, all the human society associated terms, you know, you're, you're an introvert, you're, you know, you're, You're an ENFP, or I, whatever. Like you're just you're 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 giving these titles or these labels of who you are, and the reality of it is, you just wanted to share what you know, and because there's not an actual physical, tangible, evidence-based, scientific-based, whatever thing that can say, yes, this is real, you are basically highlighted and titled and labeled weird.
0: Well, that, and therefore, and, that
3: makes anything that comes out of your mouth, wrong.
0: Then, right.
1: And in, in the church, you're taught not to question things because questioning things was of the devil. And so... Oh,
3: yeah, no, I, I, there are three churches on this planet that I am banned from <laughs> because I ask questions.
2: I'm interested um, to hearing more about this at a later date. Um, <laughs> um, that is actually oh, really I, hilarious. Yeah. Bring it. Bring the action. Sorry, TikToker. <laughs> um, so I, I
1: personally yeah. have been uh, dabbling more into just overall paganism. Um, as a cultural type thing, for me, I've got mm-hmm. deep roots in Scotland and Ireland and Scandinavia mm-hmm. and things well, like that. I'm, glad,
3: I'm, I'm, I'm happy to hear you say paganism, because one of the things that I personally have been looking into is whether or not I want to consider myself pagan or Wiccan. Right. You know, um, and I, there
2: really is a difference. And and well, well, that's, 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 that's a part
1: yeah. of the question. That's part of the upcoming questions, Susan. Shh. Oh no! No no no! no, That's that's,
3: that's, (laughs) I just want to make it known that even now, five years of actual active conscious practice and twenty nine years of knowing that I've I've been in it, uh, I still do not know which one I want to be involved in or if. I even want to be one. I mean, at this current moment, I consider myself an eclectic witch because I pull different practices from different things, uh, which is why earlier, you know, I said respect and acknowledgement are the two most important things because as long as you respect it and you acknowledge it, you're you're pretty much safe to, to research it. It's not until you actually start practicing it uh that, that things can get a little dicey um and i, I know there's a lot of uh historic and uh, uh like cultural things uh for example um but the the term gypsy right um a lot of people are you know i'm a gypsy uh The term gypsy is actually a culture and a group of people
0: who,
3: yeah, they, they, they honor that very proudly as they should. Um, I, myself, when I first started this, uh, journey, uh, obviously like any millennial or person with access to the internet, uh, made an Instagram account and my original handle was another gypsy queen because I thought it was a tongue in cheek thing. Cause like everyone online is, you know, I'm a gypsy, I'm a gypsy. And I thought it was very tongue in cheek, you know, like I'm just another gypsy queen. Cause everyone's like, I'm a queen, I'm a queen. Um, once I researched and heard that the term gypsy is a unique culture in Romanian history, mm-hmm. Uh, With people who still practice that with pride, uh, I realized what I was doing. And that meant that that handle, that name that I was using, that username, whatever that I was using, is part of the problem. So I changed it. Um, And so this whole concept of like, are you pagan, Wiccan, gypsy? You know, these are just words that are associated with cultural groups and belief systems that we are all involved in and that there are people out there who are so ingrained in it who really hold it to heart. And those people need to be heard. They need to be respected. They need to be understood. They need to be, when I say heard, I don't just mean like just listen in a conversation. We actually need to give that energy. Um, So I think that...
1: I think that actually is a great segue into the very next question. Um, What are your thoughts on the negative bias from the media about witchery, witchcraft, you know, paganism?
0: Oh, Jesus Christ. Uh,
3: (laughs) For the record, uh, I'm just going to pin in that for a second. Um, I say, oh, Jesus Christ. Um, If I say anything like that, it's not because i'm calling to him or anything like that is just society and my upbringing that's like my go-to like oh geez. oh fuck. okay all right well oh my god like, i'm still i'm I, i'm a i'm a firm believer in uh switch the perspective or shift it um anyway unpin. all right so the question was what are my thoughts on the negative bias from the media about
1: witchcraft right yeah. Or paganism or, you know,
3: or, yeah. the whole, the whole thing. Um, I think that from a media perspective, my thoughts are there is a mass misunderstanding of what paganism, uh, Wiccan spiritual practice. I think there's a mass misunderstanding of what we really do. I can't tell you how many times I've told someone that I practice tarot, and they immediately thought that like I'm a satanist.
1: That's funny is- because you know when I found out Susan did that, I was like I don't know about that. And then, you know my parents, they're not in the church anymore, and they've you know grown a lot since being out of the church. And even them, they were like it's kind of bad juju. <laughs> well,
3: it's it's hilarious to me because the Church of Satan, the the Satanic Bible the 11 satanic rules and actual satanists uh,
0: don't believe in the devil, right?
3: No, (laughs) they, they don't worship the devil at all because fun fact, the devil doesn't actually exist. Right. Like the, the, the devil, it doesn't actually exist. I I, I know I just said that. I want to reiterate, like he doesn't actually, whatever that entity is, he, she, they, whatever doesn't actually exist to Christians. And and, and and I'm sorry if I'm crossing lines here or if I do offend anyone, e- email me directly. Let's have a conversation. <laughs> yeah, like I basically, from what I understand at this current moment in my life, hell is ruled by Lucifer, who was an angel that got basically demoted because he didn't want to adhere to, to God's rules, right? Which I think is super fucking hilarious, considering, like, the fourth person that God created literally killed the other one. So That's I, because I really don't he may
1: be a metaphor that. for Icarus.
3: Right? Also, we're not even getting into the conversation about Lilith. Anyway... In my opinion, I think there's a mass misunderstanding, and I think there's a mass mis, uh a, a lack of uh, research. There's, there's, okay, let me let me let me phrase it this way. I apologize for my back and forth. I think that the media has created this concept that if you don't do what everyone else is doing or everyone else says is right. You are immediately put to this bad place, uh, ruled by this bad thing who will, you know, do whatever to you. It's your worst nightmare, whatever. I think the reason that the media has done that is because they want you to think if you don't do what they say you need to do, you are a bad person and therefore bad things are going to happen to you after you die.
2: That sounds really scary, though. Huh? I said that sounds really scary, though.
3: Well, and that's what they want you to think.
2: You know? Like, they...
1: It's a guilt trip.
3: It's a guilt trip. It's... it's, (laughs) uh, Funny enough, uh, it's basically like being in an abusive relationship without knowing it's an abusive relationship. Like, tell me you're in a narcissistic relationship without telling me you're in a narcissistic relationship religion. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's what it is.
1: I mean, even the church itself you know, references references itself as the bride. So
3: <laughs> right. I mean you're gonna sit here and tell me that as long as I dress up and I arrive at a building every Sunday at nine or ten A.M. and I put a dollar in a basket and I eat a piece of cracker and take a sip of whatever and i sing the songs and i listen and i you know bow my head and or i kneel or whatever you're gonna tell me that that is what's gonna save my soul
1: yeah you're supposed you're supposed to practice cannibalism you know
3: right yeah (laughs) oh my god i love that you said that yes exactly like the 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 hypocrisy behind the whole thing is what really gets
1: me. It's funny and, because they actually use witchcraft because uh, in Catholicism, you when you partake of the, the the bread or cracker or wafer or whatever the fuck and the great juicer wine, that transforms into the body and the blood of Christ inside of you. You you ingest Christ's body and blood. That actually, in their minds, that transforms into an actual physical thing. So they perform is- cannibalism every Sunday,
0: which is... Like the, the ultimate the sin. Part, yeah. And, and
3: the funny part is two parts. Number one, the, their whole mindset is that Christ is in your heart. Like he he's you. You're him. Like you're connected. You're the second part is the concept of taking another item from the world, whether it's a cracker, bread, wine, water, whatever, and then allowing that to transform into something else that gives you power is one of the, it's a witch practice.
0: It's a whole thing.
3: Like, again, like I said earlier, the hypocrisy behind it blows my mind. And then they have the audacity to say that, oh, you practice witchcraft, You're a Satanist. Okay, first of all, two different things, bro. Okay, sit down, Karen. Like, you don't know what you're talking about. Also, take a look in the mirror before you make a judgment call about me and my life. And maybe take a moment to actually research. You know, you're so quick to Google the manager of certain restaurants, but you won't Google the actual meaning of things. So uh, I'm not sorry about anything of things that I said, because... It's, it's true. And it, it's not just Karen's. I mean, it's, it's parents. I mean, there are so many people out there who have found this path and their parents completely have rejected them. I myself went through a process with, with my own family. When I, uh, basically it, it's funny because I'm a bisexual woman, me telling my family I was bisexual was not something that I told them. Because I didn't feel it was a a necessary conversation. It's just, this is who I am. I can either bring a boyfriend to a family event or I can bring my girlfriend. I don't need to have a conversation about it. When I told my family that I was exploring paganism and Wiccan and I write tarot cards and I'm practicing my mediumship and I'm developing all these skills, that was a bigger deal to them (laughs) than my sexuality. And I just found that really weird. And I still find it weird. Why why is it such a big deal? We're not a religious family. Why does it matter? Um, so I'm it's it's a very unique and weird thing. However, um I wanna hear the next question. I'm excited now.
2: Um <laughs> It's it, we were just actually looking at each other. <laughs> um it, I said that you talked a lot. Hey, that's fine though. That, I that's I, exactly what I want right now. You know, I warned him ahead of time. Um, oh well, I'm also
3: very vain, and I'm obsessed with
2: myself. No, so. this is
1: no, this is exactly what I wanted.
3: To She's tell.
2: also very upfront about that too. Now, um, yeah. well, in this, you know, all of our questions kind of go into each other in, in one way or the other. Um, one of our bigger questions is: is how can you tell if someone who calls themselves a practicing witch is legit or not?
1: There's a bunch of legit fake ass hoes that are prote- you know <laughs> no. practicing to be. Crystal, gemstone witch. Okay, people. <laughs>
3: uh, before I answer that, before I answer that, I just I don't know why I have. Well, I know why because I'm practicing witch. Uh, what was the next question before I answer that? That is
2: that was, the, yeah, next, that, that's next that's the next question.
1: question.
3: Oh, that right. okay. Good. Um, um, I think it's
1: right now. It's really trendy to say that you're a witch and whatnot.
3: Yeah, especially okay, on like Instagram um, and things like that. This is a great question. Okay, so number one, um, even though I consider myself an eclectic witch, I actually really don't like that term because in my mind and my belief system and the research that I've done, the term witch is like earlier we were talking about the term gypsy, right? Like it's a culture, it's a, a process. It's almost like you have to go through a, like you can't just like, Wake up one morning and go, I'm a doctor, right? Like you have to go through a process of education, uh, training, practice, you know, like you have to go through a journey in order to get that title. And that title is given to you by others who have done that. And for me, I simultaneously believe that we are all witches. And that term itself to be an actual witch, you cannot actually claim that unless you go through that process on whatever level, like if you want to be a North witch, a brain witch, a sea witch, a kitchen witch, whatever, whatever. you have to go through that.
0: We have um, a kitchen so witch.
3: Yeah. Well, yeah.
2: Well, um, he's meaning like we have um, a kitchen witch. It, she sits on our shelf Um, a lot of times it's a, some, it, it, they've been used in the past to, um, help protect your home, um, to help her like prevent house fires and stuff like that. So I really, I, we found one randomly, like my, I grew up, um, my stepmom, um, I call her my mom, my second mom, she, um, had a kitchen witch growing up. And I always loved it. You know, I didn't know actually all that much about it. I just knew it was there. And then um, when she uh-huh. moved um, and I was older, I asked her about it. And she told me more about it. Randomly, I found one at a Goodwill Benz. In the in ghetto
1: of St. Louis. I mean,
2: literally ghetto. I mean, this place, you got to wear gloves and Light. stuff to be able to go and dig through this stuff. And it uh-huh. just was sitting there. And I think I got I paid like nothing for it, and she's been like sitting with my plants on my windowsill, watching, making sure I don't have any house fires. So we
1: snatched her.
0: <laughs>
3: nice. No, I, that's that's a, a that's beautiful. I'm I'm very happy that you went through that experience and and found that because things like that happen uh, when you start to open yourself up to accepting the gifts and the signs. Uh, from the universe uh, and, and spirit and your guides. So I'm really happy to hear that you have that. Although I'm going to go ahead and send some positive vibes to your kitchen witch that you don't have any outliers. <laughs> oh yeah.
2: Same here. Now um, I just want to touch on something real quick. While before you, you finish what you were saying um, mm-hmm. in regards to that, you don't you call yourself a witch, but you also deep down don't believe that you're a witch. Sometimes it's, It's almost easier just to kinda give like a blanket name because a lot of people just they'll ask, but they don't really even really understand. So a lot of people want to give
3: themselves labels. I mean, we're from a generation in a society where like, are you male? Are you female? Are you a Hufflepuff or a Slytherin? Are you a, a you know, where are you on this spectrum? What like everyone wants to have a label?
2: Right. And um a lot of people assume that I'm a witch. I do not believe that I am. I don't practice. I've never studied. Um that's not something I've been interested in. Um I mean, I do consider myself extremely spiritual. Um I grew up in a Christian household and stuff like that. Right. Um so but being spiritual I, it's like a whole, it's its own thing. And, and like I said, I, people just assume that I'm a, I'm a witch and I always have right. to correct people. And I'm like, no, I'm not. I promise. You know, and a lot of people do use it in a derogatory way. Oh, like, yeah. Oh, you're a witch. Woo. You just you know? like
1: shiny rocks. Yeah. yeah,
2: And I love, and I do. And I love crystals. And I, um, I did go through like a spiritual awakening. Um, and you know, I've went through a process, but I don't. I have not been through the process of like researching or learning um, the practice. And I don't know if that's something I, I want to do at some point. Um, maybe just to understand a lot of my customers better because a lot of my customers do consider themselves witches. Um, yeah. But I just well, I kind I'm- of wanted to put that out there because I, I do think I get a, um, I do think people get a bad connotation with the term witch and so some people don't even want to consider them that they don't want to say that they're witches even if they do practice because they don't want people to think bad of them um which i think is kind right. of unfair because shit sometimes i look at christians and i'm like Ooh. Well, <laughs> well
3: yeah well and for example um two things
2: number one you can be a christian and a witch like you can be both um do you really believe that though and I, and I say that just for the fact that um, because most Christians wouldn't consider themselves witches because of how they consider that to be ungodly. So I don't I don't think you can be both. I think you can take away and say I have Christian values like don't murder people. However,
1: however, I'd like to interject that Christians do use witchcraft in prayer. And being yeah, possessed we, by yeah. the well, Holy Spirit. Well, I'm not
2: saying Christians that that's not with true, people,
1: whether they want to admit it or not. Yeah, definitely. I think we covered that. I mean, just a little bit it. earlier.
2: Well, and like I said, I don't think that that's not true. I, I mean, when you lay hands, you're literally performing acts magic. of magic, right? You know, I lay hands. Not on only that, people. but a
3: lot of Christian holidays are actually centered from. And we'll Asian get into holidays.
1: that in just a minute.
3: <laughs> yeah. So, um, real quick. Um, Brian, I, I, I look forward to hearing your thoughts. Uh, Susan, my, my second thing was you, you mentioned like you are into crystals and you have your metaphysical shop and I get a lot of my, uh, crystals and, uh, and, and things from you. Um, crystals, for example, um, uh, which is another reason why I love my name. I'm going to hair flip myself real quick. Um, the, the, the belief is that crystals have properties associated to each one based on several different aspects. And Susan, you do a great job in your metaphysical shop and in and, and your personal like life and the way that you explain things uh, where you acknowledge that your each crystal that you sell or, or you stock uh, has a property that you can that, that you do a great job of explaining the properties and the aspects and the things that the crystals can help with. So when a from that perspective, uh, you know, to answer your question, like you, when I said, you know, you can be a Christian and a witch, and you said, do you really believe that though? Um, I do believe that only from the sense of Christians, people who consider themselves Christians, label themselves as a religious Christian person, they can be a witch because even though I think being a witch, a real one, requires a, a process, I do think that you can practice a, a spiritual al- element of witchcraft and be a Christian. If, a, if, if you want to work with God, Jesus Christ, the Virgin Mary, things like that, you can do that. And that's what you um, intertwine with your practice. That's your choice. And you can do that. That's the magic. That's the magic. That That's the true magic of of witchcraft is your relationship with your craft is up to you. No matter what religion you want to tie in, that's up to you. This is where I bring back earlier where I say it's all about respect and acknowledgement. As long as you have those two things, and you have a heart of gratitude. You're a good person. You're good to go.
0: Practice well,
2: away, fly away. And I know that we've gotten a little bit off topic, um, but did you do you have any ways to know if you know if someone who's calling themselves as a witch really is one or if they're just saying that as like a label? So, Can you like feel their oh,
0: vibe? Yeah. You know, no, say hey
3: yeah that was that was the question like how do you tell if they're legit or not um okay so a little bit about me so i work in marketing and social media and websites and all that like i I work in that and i i do think that it's a little serendipitous for me that i work in that because i can look at a, a profile or a page or a website and look at uh you know from, like, a, a personal point of view, and I can say, like, you're legit or not. I think, ultimately, you can tell if a person is legit or not when they call themselves the witch based on their intentions. I also think that if you look at their level of consistency, um, you you can tell. To, to, to me, I think the the people who associate things like their hair color, the, the style of their nails, uh, their tattoos, the, the bracelets they wear, uh, the necklaces, their attire. People who associate with um, the um, their physical trying to be a witch versus actually being one uh, is what separates it. Uh, for example, I have a, a, an old friend but I'm I'm still Facebook friends with them, and I distinctly, and I have I actually have screenshots of it because I'm a petty bitch. Um, there was a, a time where she was a certain way on on on, on online on social media, the, the nature of her posts and stuff, and over time she has changed. And then there was one day where she posted a photo of her with where she dyed her hair black and she got uh, uh, coffin-styled nails and got some, like, new necklaces and stuff, and the caption on the photo she posted was, the witch is back. And now, all of a sudden, she thinks that she's a witch, and she talks about how she works with her oracle cards, and she's got crystals, and she's got new plants, and it's, like, okay, it's It looks like you're just doing this for aesthetic purposes and like you're seeking attention. And that's, that's not, that's not the same as someone who comes across as they, they, you can, you can walk the walk and talk the talk, but you have to at least be aware. You have to hold yourself accountable and responsible for your practice. And there are a lot of people out there who just want to say, I'm a witch. Okay, cool. Congratulations. What, you you, you, you light a white candle every now and then? <laughs> you, you've got some vitrine right. next to your bed? That's not the same. At the end of the day, witchcraft and the whole journey itself is more internal. Crystals, tarot, oracle, spirit boards, incense, all those are all tools. You don't actually need any of that to be a witch. So right. to answer your question, how do you tell the difference? Honestly, as as, as weird as this sounds, trust your instincts. If you want to get to the deeper level of it, look at the reviews, look at the page, you know.
0: Right. Right. Just,
3: like read the captions. Um you tell, your
0: so
1: you can so you can basically tell if this bitch is fake or not, right? Like, just by looking at her, almost.
3: <laughs> oh well, yeah, one hundred and ten percent. You can absolutely, especially like even for me. I mean, I I, I I can't tell you how many times I've like told someone, like especially because I like to go out, I like to go to bars and and whatever. Obviously, COVID is a unique situation, but um, I can't tell you how many times I've told someone that you know I read tarot. And they're like, oh my God, I have this bracelet. Look at, like, it's rose quartz. Is this going to help me find my true love? I was like, <laughs> okay. okay. Or I'll say, yeah, right. Yeah, that's not how it works. Um, or uh, but there was one situation in particular where um, I, I told someone that I read tarot, and they were like, oh my God, I love that. I'm also a witch. I'm like, well, I didn't say I was. um also the fact that you are telling me that you are one uh, is a little concerning and she was like oh my god I I am so much a witch I have this by my bed and I I I I meditate and I do yoga and like I I I spin my coffee to the right and as she was talking about I'm just looking at her like Uh, I don't know what it is, but there is something blocking you from actually being one, because I think you don't actually believe in the things that you're doing and that's going to fuck you up more than you realize. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: So do you celebrate any of the pagan holidays like, uh, Salin or Astara?
3: Oh yeah, no, I, 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 I definitely celebrate the Sabbath. Um, I also, uh, well, yeah, I, like, yeah, I can, I, I, celebrate the, the Sabbath. I also, uh, work with the moon and, and, and her phases. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I do celebrate, uh, as much as I can to the best of my abilities at that time. Sometimes I can't do everything that I'd like. However, uh, even as it's happening, even if I can't do what I want, for example, like auster,a you know, you want to put, uh, you know, soil and, and egg and put seeds in it and plant it, even though I can't do that, the, the concepts and the ideals that are stemming from what Austera represents are mentally happening. And I'm I'm really proud and happy that that just naturally happens for a lot of people. Um, actually, oddly enough, uh, every job I've ever had since I got out of college, April is one of those months where I just I, I leave.
0: Nope. Like every job
3: I have had, April is when I leave, and the reason being is because that falls in Osterra leading up to Beltane and that is a time where you plant the seeds of new beginnings and you get rid of everything else and then you go into Beltane, and it's like this whole like upward lifting process and i again like i said i've been actively practicing for five years been involved with it for my whole life because that is a prime example of yes i do celebrate the holidays it's just like Sawin, for example, like uh, Sabbaths are not one day. It's it's several weeks, if not months, for each one.
1: And I'm glad you and, pronounced this sawin instead of Sam Hain.
3: <laughs> oh that's a big reason why I refused to watch the reboot of Sabrina, the teenage witch, because they said Sam Samhain and I was like, excuse me.
1: I've got like this kind of weird story that happened with us. So I've celebrated mm-hmm. this last Halloween. We celebrated Samhain um, and we didn't really get to do Yule because we were moving during the week of uh, Christmas. And then uh-huh. I did celebrate Ostara. And so on Samhain, we uh, baked traditional uh, like German cookies the soul cakes. Nice. Yeah. And so, you know, we left the front, the the door, our front door was to the West or to the, yeah, to the West. So you're supposed to leave your door open and leave, you know, like food out for your, your, your spiritual guests. Right. And so, or like your family members who have, who have moved on. And so we made these cookies and stuff. I didn't want to leave food out. So I left the cookies out on a, like in a Ziploc bag on our, Mm -hmm. on our, one of our, like a uh, cabinet. And we left the door unlocked. Okay.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Next morning, I go in there. The cookies had been unzipped from the ziplock bag, and the door had been shut. And Susan was not up yet. The kids weren't up yet, and I had invited my grandfather, who had passed in uh, two thousand and twelve, and so I invited him in the night before. Well, and, sorry for your loss. Well, this was you know he's been he's been passed away for almost ten years now, but I oh, thought okay. it was interesting because I placed these cookies right in front of a picture of him and they Mm -hmm. just so happened to be opened and uh, moved around a little bit. So I don't know if he had came in and took a cookie because there was been something that he would have loved. He loves cookies and, you know, cakes and things like that. So I thought that was very interesting.
2: Actually, it was really creepy because I was like, I didn't even know you'd put cookies there. Because he was like, oh, my God, did you move that? And I'm like, move what? And it
1: moved like a full, like, couple of inches. Like, the whole bag moved.
2: Yeah, I was like, I didn't even know it was up there. Because it's not like a low cabinet. It's um, tall. Like, I can't... The kids couldn't reach it. Yeah, the kids definitely couldn't reach it.
3: So, I I know we haven't really gotten into this part yet. Um, Recently, one of the parts of my practice that I've been working with is my mediumship. um, Where I have done six or seven different um, medium readings. Because I'm trying to allow myself to open that gate if you will um, and as you were telling that story um, I did feel uh, energy similar to what you were talking about and when you were talking about the cookies uh, I just I, 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 my stomach almost like had this big like gut laughter like you know those laughs that are just like so genuine that they mm-hmm. come from your gut like those, those belly laughs
1: My grandfather had a really deep, like jolly laugh. Yeah, he was very loud.
3: Well, I love that you said jolly because one of the images that came to my brain was Santa, so that's fine. Um, Anyway, yeah, (laughs) as you were talking about that, I I did feel that. Um, So I, I I don't. One of the things that I'm very passionate about is being careful of how I say things, Um, especially as a, a, a journalism major. Words are very important to me um communication is very important to me and I I, I take that seriously um so when I have started these readings it's been very interesting to me because when I do a medium reading um whoever I'm doing the reading for uh and whoever they're trying to connect with you know they'll ask questions like are they okay and it's like well that's like a very human society constructed phrase like of course they're okay however that's that's not actually what they want to say that's not what they want to communicate once you've passed spirits communicate with us in weird ways because we don't understand how to understand them Mm -hmm. um so anyway on to the next question. I just wanted to say that as you were talking about the cookies, yes. I, I did feel a male energy and this like guttural belly laugh. Um and then I also felt like a little like not a like a punch, but like a little like uh you know how sometimes like your your grand your 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 grandpa will just kinda like give you like a little nudge on the shoulder. Uh-huh. Like a little you know, like I, I don't know how to explain it. It's like a little yeah, like get it. Yeah. Um I did feel that as well um so uh, to your point and and I, I love that you shared that story because things like that are unique and rare and and they're personal
0: well and and they another thing more often.
1: another thing that happened just here in April uh with ostara we did get soil we planted some plants um out in the front yard, and uh what was it like just a couple of days later I got mm-hmm. A uh, email. Okay, so I do graphics and I had contacted a minor league baseball league about doing some graphics okay. for them just out of the blue. Like I was like, hey, dude, you might like this. So they emailed me back, said, hey, no, we can't really use it at the moment because of how the league operates with its players. So there's like a contract rule where you can't do it. So we did those star. went on. It had been a couple days later. He calls me on my phone because I left my resume just randomly. This, this commissioner of the league He's like, hey, I've got a job for you. And so they wanted to interview me. I interviewed him with him and a GM of one of the teams here locally. And I was hired as of this last week to be part of their social media directors. And uh, that was completely out of the blue. Completely. Because I was not applying for a job. I was not applying for anything. And he was like, hey, I've got a job for you. Randomly, the guy didn't know me. I didn't know him. And now I am, you know, not necessarily the director, but I'm the head of the social media of this entire baseball league. And it's nice. something I'm very passionate. I am obsessed with baseball, and it's been my life goal to work somehow in baseball with something oh I do. All
0: right, go ahead.
1: So that just so happened to coincide with what we did with OStar, and I was like, "Holy fucking shit, because not only did we have an, an interaction with Solomon, we had one with OStar as well.
2: Yeah, within like just a, just within a, couple, a couple of days. Of
1: days. And well,
3: I was not expecting it thing, at all. Though, Austera, again, Ostera is not just a day. Yeah. It's, like, Sabbaths are weeks to two months, depending on which one it is.
1: And that whole process was about, uh, about f- almost a month. Yeah. From when I initially contacted him, for him saying no, and then him recontacting me like a week and a half later to me having the interview, and then the meetings happening, and I got voted in.
0: I
2: mean, and it's, you know, we were trying for new beginnings because I mean, that's what it's all about, you know, and just um, trying, to, uh,
1: trying to find a break, you know,
2: right. And I think, you know, we, when, when you, you're the one who planted, it wasn't even me. Yeah. I didn't have anything to do with it. That was kind of like your project. And I'm like, please don't make me do it. Yeah. Please. And so <laughs> I love, I love plant I don't have a green thumb though. I love plants but I don't have a green thumb, okay? So we've got four pots out in the front yard
1: that are growing those random flowers. Yep,
2: and like, you know, but he did it himself, and I thought it was interesting that literally within days... Within the
1: same week, like, it was like, what the fuck? It was like on Wednesday, and I did that on Sunday.
2: Yeah, so it's like, it's just one of those things where, you know, it's kind of, you reap what you sow, and that's such a literal term. (laughs)
1: Because I'm still trying to find whatever I believe in. I group is Christian, and I don't believe that anymore. I'm just trying to find my own shit. Now there's a spot in the Bible that says search out your own salvation. And I do use that. Whatever that salvation is and whatever you do in that searching is to up to you. And it's I don't use right. it as a Christian I, I thing. Love,
3: I love the way that you say that because I, I do believe that ultimately like even even if you decide one day, you know, if you go, okay, I've done enough research. I've done this. I'm I'm a pagan. Mm. Like or I'm a Christian or I'm this and you practice that for a while, one of the beautiful, magical parts of being a human is you can, in fact, change your mind. You can change that. You can adapt. You can evolve. Um, You can bring what you've learned to what what you're going to be tomorrow. Um, I also believe that you don't have to pick a certain thing. You can just be human you can just exist you can just well what are your religious beliefs well i I don't know
1: be good (laughs) don't hurt people be good and you know other than that i don't don't give a shit what people do
3: that's what i was gonna say to you is you know you 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 mentioned that like you grew up in uh, a christian household i encourage you to actually look you know how uh, for christians they have like the 10 commandments right yeah um i encourage you to actually research the 11 satanic rules, Yep, because those 11 satanic rules are actually very beautiful. The satanic Bible is actually a very beautiful book. I read it every year, at least once. I also read the Bible every year. It's, it's, it's a book. Um, I have several books that I read every year, uh, just to refresh myself and educate myself. Because ultimately, if someone were to ask me, Crystal, what is your religion? My religion is growth and education.
1: I guess I would be agnostic. I believe that there's something out there. What that is, I don't know.
3: Oh, yeah, I mean, I definitely identify myself as agnostic. Uh, So there's a higher power but what the fuck
1: that is. Who knows, right?
3: Right. Well, my problem with agnostic is that it indicates that you only believe in one higher power.
1: Well, then I'm a multi-agnostic, dimensional yeah. believer. <laughs> Whatever I it is,
3: that. whoever it yeah, is, I, I ultimately I believe in everything. Right. Uh, there, there's nothing that I don't believe in. Like if you walked up to me and you said there are aliens living on this little piece of rock, I'd be like, okay.
1: They're called they, Venezuelans.
3: Where can I research it? What, what what do I need to know? The Venusians. Um, I saw this thing on Facebook Venus the other day. Um, I saw this thing on Facebook the other day about uh, Cthulhu, um, and basically the concept was, uh, you know, it, it, I, actually, you know, what? I can't even remember. Hold on. the The thing was, uh, like, if I was standing in my house and I I got off the couch or or out of my bed. And there was a circle of ants and there was like this little piece of bread in front of me. Um, you know, what would I do with that? And the concept was if, if humans, you know, gather around and present an offering, you know, what would you do with that? Like that's basically what God's deal with all the time. God's goddesses from any religious background, you, you, what would you do if you woke up one day and there was a, a, a little koala bear giving you a, a bamboo stick? Like, what would you do?
0: Freaks like, the how fuck would out. You freak <laughs> the fuck out? Oh, yeah. No, I mean,
3: it, 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 it's any creature. It's I mean, a that, that's, why I, that's why I don't deal with the fae. Because every time the fae tries to give me anything, I'm like, nope. Um, I I'm love.
1: Good. That's one of my absolute favorite things to look into is the fae. In general, fae and trolls, and you know the Norwegian
3: stuff. I love it. thing to research. It's just terrifying because again, this is what comes down to. uh, I know I repeat myself. uh, Respect and acknowledgement. The fae is a beautiful, wonderful entity, and they will fuck you up. (laughs) Uh, However. Uh, their rules, the way that they work, the way that they think, we can't understand as humans unless we do the work to do so. So, therefore, when they give you a gift and you're like, oh, this is pretty, I'm going to take it, you have no idea what contract you just signed.
1: I like to um, believe that the Spiderwick Chronicles was a documentary.
2: Right. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even
1: know if that is. It was a great freaking movie.
2: I'm pretty sure it's In not based off a book. Yeah, yeah, but I don't. I haven't read the books.
1: It's <clears throat> fucking awesome. It's like a whole it's
3: world. Most, ultimately, it's 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 a it's a fantasy world that was written by a human being who went through an experience who created it into that thing. Which honestly, again, one of the most amazing parts about being a human is you can go through one thing, you can get one thought, and you can turn it into a freaking franchise. I mean, talk about J.K. Rowling, like.
1: Yeah, I mean I, we, I we love the Lord the of the Rings science. stuff, you know, J.R.R. Tolkien. These people get this high. Yeah. I like to think that these people are just tap into some interdimensional higher knowledge and are able to create these worlds, literal worlds like J.R.R. Tolkien. I mean, his stuff was in, just in, just enormous how big his world and languages and stuff were. And you know, and like the Spiderwick Chronicles and like Harry Potter and things like that. I mean, these people are able to do this and I think that they tap into some type of energy that you know just so happened to yeah, be sent no, to them
3: I, yeah 110 i i agree with you fully i think that even if they don't realize what they're doing or or, or what they're opening up to people <coughs> they are in fact portals for us to explore and question
1: now do you have um, an altar with candles and stuff
3: Uh, I have several, actually. Um, I have what I consider my working altar. It's my one that I have my grimoire. Uh, I don't have a book of shadows, I have a grimoire that I make myself. Um, Still a work in process, three years in. Um, I have that opened up on a nice little book stand um, and uh, a little tray with crystals uh, and above it, I have this little board uh, with like uh hemp wire going across it with little clips. And I pull a card of the day and I clip it on there. Um, and I have some other little fun things for the season and whatever. Um, I have my uh, living room altar, which is my main one, because I know that I like to entertain. So I like to have guests over. So that's the one that. I want people to interact with or see. Um, so I've got like several decks, a couple of statues, et cetera. And then I have um, my main altar, uh, which I work with all the time. By the way, Susan, uh, my living room altar, the uh, cover of it is the cloth that you sent me. Um, oh. And yes. I Yeah. I, I ensure that nothing blocks her image. Um she covers it perfectly. She's right in the middle, and I have plenty of space on both sides. Um, it's, it's, it's actually really beautiful. Um, I, I love having that. Um, and then, I, I like I said, I have my, my, my bedroom main altar uh, where I work with whichever god, goddesses that I'm working with. Um, I've got parts of it that are dedicated to different Thousand goddesses that have been with me for years or months. Um, in, in all honesty, though, my entire home is my altar. That makes sense. If that makes sense. <clears throat> yeah, totally. So, so yes, I, I do have several different altars. However, I consider my entire home an altar, so I don't I don't take myself so seriously where it's like no one can touch this. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> I just I, I I I do have several working things, and sometimes I I don't. I, sometimes there's a full moon, and I know I need to do like some spell work, and I need to burn some shit, and light a candle, and I need to do all this. Sometimes I just say, you know what? Okay, I'm just gonna stay here and watch Brooklyn Nine Nine for three and a half hours and then pass out. Like it ultimately, it, it doesn't really matter. Those things are altars and the, the tools of crystals, candles, incense, cards, cardamancy, pendulums. Uh, but all of those things are tools that you can use to, uh, amplify what your goals are. Um, as long as you have the
2: truest intention, you're good to go.
1: Do you use any potions, and do you have a big black cauldron?
2: That is that is what we really want to know. I think most people would probably want to know that.
1: Um, well,
3: okay. So... You know, <laughs> I was
1: going to say potions could also be a tincture. I think a lot of people are getting into those with yeah, herbal medicines. No,
3: no, no, that's a great question. Um, I don't have any... Potions, I, I do have, uh, spell jars that I make, um, for whatever I'm, I'm doing. Um, I do have uh, a couple clients who will reach out and say, you know, can you make a, a thing for me to make this better or, or help me uh, accomplish this goal? And I'll make a spell jar. So potions, no. Because I think the concept of potions is more of a Hollywood thing than it is, is like, a real thing. Because, like, anything, all of the research I have done, nothing talks about potions. Because potions are, no, just yeet, like, no, no, I don't have any potions. Uh, Big Black Cauldron, uh, I guess, to answer that, yes. I I have a, I do have a, uh, a black cauldron uh,
0: that I (laughs) use
3: where it's not big. It's it's actually very small. And even though it's small, it still costs me $45 because cauldrons are not
2: cheap. (laughs) Yeah, they're really Um, not.
3: Yeah. They're like cast iron or something. It's, it's, It's insane. Um my cauldron, however, uh I put a uh charcoal disc mm. at the bottom, yeah. and then I use herbs depending on what I'm using it for.
1: That kinda goes into the next no. question here. Uh do you use any of the yeah. following items? Eye of newt, toe of frog, wolf bat, or tongue of dog?
0: Jesus fucking Christ. Uh no. <laughs>
3: Um, although, uh, oddly enough, all of the things that you just mentioned are, uh, holiday decor items that were jars with labels with all of the things that you mentioned, that I do have around my house, right. uh, my cotton balls.
2: <laughs> Send me a picture are, of that.
3: Yeah. My, my cotton balls are eyes of new,
2: um, <laughs>
3: my like tweezers and like, uh, like skin, like Metal, anything metal like uh, nail files, things like that, are in my spider venom. Um, what was the other one? Uh, Toe of frog Toe of and wolf, bat
1: and tongue of dog. Uh,
3: so the dog one has my dog's dog treats. <laughs> um, and uh, I, yeah. So I mean, I, I have jars that have labels or, like, decor on them, like, vinyl stickers or whatever.
1: Do you know what a newt is?
3: all those things. Um,
1: do you know what a newt is?
3: Uh, yes, I watched Matilda. Are you okay, great. Me? <laughs> <laughs>
1: It's like a brightly colored <laughs> salamander.
3: Yes! <laughs> yes, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so, hey. no, I don't work with any of the following items. However, I do have jars around my house that mention them, with common household items.
2: Now, um, I have another question for you. Now, are there any rules in witchcraft that you must obey? My
3: instinct answer is no, uh, because I think that I believe and I feel that um, your relationship with your craft is your own. However, yes, I think that no matter what you want to practice or get into, you have to respect the history of it. You have to acknowledge what it is and where it came from. And you have to educate yourself. And to add to that, you have to be open-minded to lessons you may learn about what you did wrong. It's kind of like living life, right? You have to hold yourself accountable when you do something wrong. Correct. You have to hold yourself accountable if you're repeating a pattern that doesn't make sense right. or shows something about you or, or your ability to be involved. Um, if I had to pick like a like a pet peeve that I've noticed. Um, I, I see a lot of people online and on social media who say that like um, you can't practice tarot if you're not Romanian. And that drives me nuts. I also see a lot of people who say uh, like you can't, whenever you do a reading, you have to like Smoke cleanse, fire cleanse, water cleanse, air cleanse. You have to cleanse yourself. if you have to meditate for twenty minutes. Like there's, there's, there's so many rules. Um, and I, I to me, rules, the, the concept and like the definition of rules contradicts what spirituality and witchcraft are, because the whole idea is that you practice looking within by communicating outward. It's as above, so below. Like it's.
1: That's gotten really popular. I've noticed here online people Mm -hmm. reciting that.
2: Oh my God. And they've had, how many movies have they had? Oh God. (laughs) Oh, I know so many, you know, and just kind of like following up like what you were saying, you know, do you feel that um, any part of witchcraft might be dangerous
0: especially oh, for those 110%. like in, yeah
3: this is why i again i know i reiterate and i repeat myself a lot when i say respect and acknowledgement before you practice for example um, a lot of people are like you know i'm in the voodoo i do this and
0: whatever catch me
1: outside with a that voodoo that's some crazy shit
3: mm-hmm. uh, again it's because <laughs> the it, it's crazy shit only because what you have seen is because people who post it online do not respect acknowledge before they practice
0: That's they totally also think it's a
3: joke they they think that like oh this is this this is a this conversation right now is exactly why even to this day i have not looked at runes Runes are from a very specific culture. They represent very specific things, and I do not know enough about them yet for me to practice them or to work with them.
1: That's smart.
2: Well, you know, and I wonder, you know, I've had some suppliers that um, in the past, like, I could get runes from, but, like, they never had a bunch of quantity, and I don't know if it's because runes are dying out or or what no um,
3: runes themselves are definitely a, a an upcoming uh tool because that's what i uh, associate with all of these things like spirit boards crystals pendulums, tarot oracle they're all tools i just again respect acknowledgement before you practice
2: yeah and i've never i've I've never messed with runes i've never attempt to practice i've i don't even know what the symbols mean
0: so (laughs) i
3: I don't even want it every time i see a tiktok or an instagram post I i swipe to the next because i personally again i respect and acknowledge educate then practice and i have not done enough education self-education to understand what that is or what they represent where they come from what they mean what uh what power is behind them that I don't want to get involved in something I don't know like it took me two and a half years to actually say hey I read tarot even now I am working on my mediumship and I still don't want to announce it on social media or to anybody that doesn't need to know, um, because I don't even know what the fuck I'm talking about. Like I, I, I'm still figuring that out on my own. And I think that, you know, to, to, to circle back to uh, conversations earlier, This is why I have a hard time saying, hi, I'm Crystal. I'm a witch. I don't like that.
1: That makes sense.
3: Yeah. Well, because then that's putting
2: a label on yourself, too, you know. Right. If you you walk up and say, hey, yeah, I'm a witch, that's what people are going to know you as instead of, like, hey, I'm Crystal. I'm this. Oh, but you know what? I am also a witch. Not, that's as a side thing, not as, like, a forefront information right. type thing, because when right. I think of you, I think of um, social media marketing, and yeah. I think of, like, you know, your job and, like, what it is that you do, and then I I follow up with things like, well, I know she likes crystals, and I know she likes to do tarot, and all these other things, but that always comes after what I already know you as. Like, I don't think, oh, Crystal, right. she's a witch.
3: <laughs> right. Well, and again, that comes back to that conversation earlier about, like, labels. Like, people want to label themselves. Um, I appreciate, Susan, that you talked about, like, you know, when you think of me, um, you're, you're exactly right. You know, ultimately, when, when we... Um, okay, so a little bit of a side story, um, the other night I did a journal prompt and one of the questions was, one of the questions was, um, what do you want people to feel when they're around you? Um, and the first word I wrote was the word felt, F-e-l-t. I want people to feel felt. When they're around me, I want them to feel like I acknowledge them, I hear them, I feel them, I acknowledge their existence. And with what you're saying, and 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 everything that we've been talking about, that's ultimately like what I want people to come away from when they talk to me, are around me, hear about me. I want them to feel like there is at least one person standing physically on this planet who acknowledges, cares, and supports your existence. Because there are a lot of people out there who don't have that, which is mind boggling to me. Mm -hmm. Um, I want to be that person. I will say this though, um, in my opinion and in my eyes and in my belief system everyone is the most beautiful person I've ever met. That's
1: right, Susan, I'm beautiful.
3: You are beautiful. Because I tell you that I am, all the time. Oh, well, okay. Number one, <laughs> let me go ahead and throw this out there because I'm a vain bitch. Uh, <laughs> I am the most beautiful person on the planet. Uh, that being said, again, everyone is the most beautiful person on the planet because we have the most beautiful experience that we all chose on some level to be here and that makes you beautiful beauty is a like the term itself is a society created term that continues to change i mean you know in the 1950s beauty was one thing in 2005 beauty was one thing 2020 beauty was one thing it's an evolving term with perceptions That we apply to the term. That's on us. That's on us as a society. Mm -hmm. So yes. To me everyone. Every single person. Is the most beautiful human on the planet. That being said. Number one. Again. Vain bitch. uh, I am the most beautiful person on the planet. And. Beauty is not about look. Beauty is about intention, and that's where the witchcraft comes into play.
1: Next question, let's go. Yeah, I was just about to say, uh, this next little list here are some like quick fire type questions. Uh, you can go as little or as in depth if you want to on these. These are right, like probably it. common questions that somebody who knows nothing about witchcraft and only has seen it on TV or in movies would ask. Okay.
3: Right, right.
1: One, do you worship the devil?
3: No. Because the devil doesn't exist. Uh, I acknowledge Lilith. I acknowledge Lucifer. And I believe that uh, worshiping the devil is not an actual practice. Next.
1: Do you worship nature?
3: Yes. I acknowledge it and I work with it every day in some capacity might not be the capacity that pinterest or tiktok or instagram tells you um but i do worship it in the sense that i appreciate it and i love it and i am grateful that it is involved in my life and i am grateful to call my planet earth and mother gaia next
1: do you put spells on people
3: no i believe in free will and i believe in choices
1: do you dance naked under the moon during rituals in the woods?
3: Uh, once. It was a unique experience, and I do plan on having a yard in my house
2: one day with a privacy fence so that I can do that. We talked about that beforehand, and I was like, you know. I was like, she said you probably had. I was, <laughs> I was like, people do do this, so probably. Well,
3: in all honesty, it's not about doing it because of any spiritual reason. It's just as a woman especially, and even as a man, I would imagine being fully naked outside is a is, is a weird experience.
1: Have you ever um, seen the original Wicker Man? Not the one with Nicolas Cage in it, but the original 1970s movie? Uh, no. Go watch it. It's great. Um, it delves with a lot of the pagan uh, rituals around Mayday.
3: What's it called?
1: The Wicker Man. Wicker Man. That's Christopher Lee in it. So there's a part. There's a lot of nudity in that movie, and it, which is kind of shocking for the age of it. Uh, but there's a lot of the dancing around the maypole while nude and things like that. Well, I think, uh, yeah, yeah, I think I, if, God, if people I have never seen that movie, that. definitely check it out. It's it dives into paganism. I mean, it's it's kind um, of like I'm an, an really intense mad scary mad movie. I did but,
3: watch uh, Midsummer, and the maypole scene really pissed me off.
1: Well, this movie, is, the paganism isn't in a in a good in a good light. However, it does cool. do a pretty good job of uh, showing some of the rituals and things like that. Uh, number five, what does your pinnacle mean? What is what? Your pentagon or pentacle. I'm not sure exactly <laughs> what the
0: uh, person uh, who wrote oh, that pentacle.
3: meant. Oh, Okay. Yeah, uh, well, uh, two things. Number one, um, from a uh, card reading perspective, pentacles represent um, abundance to me. Uh, mm-hmm. which I, same here. whenever I do reading,
2: huh? I said same here.
3: Yeah. a girl. Well, you are my mentor. So that makes sense. Um, I always communicate with my clients and the people that I'm reading for that abundance can mean different things to different people. Um, abundance can mean you are, if you're a clock collector, abundance can mean clocks. Uh, if you are a money person, abundance can mean money. Uh, if you are a shoe person, you know it, it. Abundance is whatever you decide it means. To to me, pentacles represent that. To add to that, that's just from like a card standpoint. Um, pentacles represent your ability to simultaneously build your foundation and grow from it. That's what it represents
1: to me. So I'm going to say that it's not an evil symbol, correct?
3: Oh my God, no. I mean, if you ask me what an upside down pentacle is, yeah, I would tell you that that's a symbol associated with Satanism. And even then, I would tell you it's a beautiful symbol because, again, I respect and acknowledge and adore the Satanic Bible and everything that it represents. It's one of those things where it's all about the perceptions that you place on it.
2: And yeah. lots of a lot of misrepresentation uh, as well,
3: uh, just about that
2: that culture.
1: Well, like like you said, with 100%. the with the intents on it, yes. like we were saying, with the the intentions on it. Of course, the intentions of Christians would be anti-devil. So they hear Satan, Satan is on. Oh my God, that's the devil! you can't do that. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. So, do you sacrifice animals? Uh,
3: no. <laughs> Well, we gotta oh, check him. Don't check him. I know that might sound like I was hesitating. I don't. <laughs> I don't sacrifice anything.
1: We've just got a couple more questions here, and that's really it.
2: Yeah, bring it. Let's go.
1: Can you turn me into a frog?
2: No.
0: No. Okay.
2: Oh, that's too bad. <laughs> I'm going to after this podcast is over. Bippity boppity boop. The the the, the quick
3: answer is no. However, um there's a however the reason, <laughs> however the reason i cannot turn you into a frog is not because i don't want to or not because i can uh it's because ultimately uh it's very possible that your past life you were in fact a frog and uh that sense. that's another hollywood thing however uh you asking that question means that I'm going to go ahead and guarantee you that your next lifetime, you're going to be a frog because you asked that. Actually, you know what? No, I don't want to get into that. Okay. Next question.
1: Okay.
3: You hit it a rapid fire and I feel like I, it's like Susan said, I like to talk a lot. Uh, it's so, fine. No,
1: no, totally fine. Number nine, is Hocus Pocus your favorite movie? No? No. Oh. <gasps> The witches of Everyone uh, Eastwick. Everyone gasped and
2: died. <laughs> <laughs> There's a witch. There- Someone out there, literally, just <gasps> because you don't. What's, what's the other witch movie? movie?
1: The The Witches of Eastwick.
2: Practical Magic. Practical Magic, which yeah. is one of my top favorite magical movies. It's it just is. Oh you know, that well, movie. okay.
3: So I'm I'm one of those weird ones. Um, so my actual favorite movie is actually *Deep Vanilla. I love that movie so much that every 5th of November I throw a party as best as I can. Um, I learn something new every time. Um, I, the whole concept and, and even like the historical part of it, like Guy Fawkes trying to blow up, like I've done so much. It's,
1: it's very, uh, it's very uh, relevant for today.
3: Right. Yeah. It it continues to be, keep in mind that movie came out in 2008. Um, Mm -hmm. I adore that movie and it is my favorite movie of all time. The soundtrack, the actors, I love Hugo Weaving and the way that he did uh, V. I love Natalie Portman, the way that she did Evie. Um, I love the letter from Valerie on toilet paper. Um, I love the ending of that letter in particular. Um, I love that movie in so many ways. However, that is my all-time favorite movie. There's, there, there's no... You cannot breach that line.
1: Not even with Halloween Town?
3: Huh? Not
1: even with Halloween Town?
3: No. So... She said... Now, if you ask me, what are your top five favorite witch movies? Yes. It would be Practical Magic... Uh, Halloween Town then Hocus Pocus Uh, and and the reason being Halloween Town over Hocus Pocus is because in Halloween Town uh, as Debbie Reynolds (laughs) says uh, normal is vastly overrated one of my favorite
0: quotes
1: so our last question here is uh, it's not even really a question it's uh, do you have any tips for people wanting to dabble in the witchcraft and paganism and things like that
0: I feel like
3: I'm talking to myself five years ago Uh, number one let the process flow number two respect and acknowledge everything that you come across number three research as much as you can to the point where you feel empowered enough to talk about it if you don't understand it enough that you can't teach a middle school class you don't understand it enough educate yourself enough to teach a middle school class like educate yourself to at least be able to communicate to a middle school level uh number four um be gentle with yourself because by the time you get to rule number four, or my advice number four, uh you are probably at the point where you need to take spiritual baths and you're spending too much money and you have no idea what the fuck is going on and you're having breakdowns. So at that point, be central to yourself. Number five, this is my big one. Number five, keep fucking going. Those are my five frickin' uh, advice statements that I can make to someone who is stepping into this, if, if any of that makes sense. I wish I yeah, wrote it those down.
0: Sense.
2: I was going to say that I, I really appreciated the advice because I'm sure that there's um, probably going to be several people who, who are going to listen and, you know, and would ahead. appreciate anything that you have to share as someone who has been actively practicing for five years roughly and someone who has been living it even unknowingly for way longer than that you know so even if you are a baby witch there's there's even babier baby witches out there you know you have
1: experience and for you to to help others with that i mean i think they would appreciate your advice i mean just from what we have talked about tonight
3: uh, it's definitely something that I intend to, um, put out to the universe and put online and in social media and then at foreseeable future. I'm doing a little bit of rebranding and things like that. I've had a hard time. I, I, I want to say ironically or it's funny, but I, I also hate that term. In the beginning of this entire conversation, I said that like I have a hard time with the term which. I have a hard time putting out what I consider myself and the information that I'm comfortable putting out there. That being said, I keep seeing uh, a lot of people do something, and I I feel like it's wrong. Um, and that's hard for me to watch. I, I do intend to put content out there on social media on the internet and and things like that um to talk about a lot of those things that we have talked about in this call and podcast interview and i'm so excited to see what you guys do with all of this uh i can't wait to hear it back i i I really have enjoyed this anyway so I, i uh
2: Are those all of the questions? It is. That is.
1: That is the end of the questions.
2: Yay! Oh, my goodness. And just think, we've been uh, recording for two hours and uh, six and a half minutes. (laughs) Um, And we talked for almost 30 minutes before that. And I feel like we probably could have gone longer because, you know, we all like to talk. Right. (laughs) Um, But... I I really appreciate having you on here. But anytime,
1: anytime that you would like to come on and talk about whatever, uh, you know, anything dealing with anything spiritual and metaphysical, anything like that, you're more than welcome. Uh, we always, uh, we don't struggle for topic ideas, but, uh, it's usually a last, last minute thing that we don't come up with topics.
3: Like, Ryan, you also seem like the kind of guy who's down for, uh, a, a verbal, uh, not fight, but a verbal confrontation, and I love those. Don't you do it. So,
1: uh, <laughs> yes, I'm I always so all I do all day long is listen to podcasts about paranormal, spiritual type stuff I'm, I'm all so day ready. long. And so, yeah, any so subject, anything, let me know, and right. we'll go. Hey, I appreciate it. Thank you so much. All this right, has thank been you. awesome.
0: I
2: had a great time. Alright, all right. thanks, Crystal. We'll talk later. Absolutely and sounds good.
1: And we'll be right back with the rest of the show. Thank you for listening. So that was a great interview. Did you listen to the entire thing? I mean, that was some major knowledge being dropped by Crystal Blaze. And what an awesome name. I don't think you could find a better name for somebody who is into that type of stuff. Crystal, you know, like a crystal ball and then blazing like fire.
2: By the way, she wants to emphasize her name's Crystal with a K, not Crystal with
1: a a K, for all you out there listening. (laughs) Like, Like crystals, like the hamburger joint.
2: Yes. Like that, except better because she's not a hamburger. She's not a hamburger.
1: <laughs> so we'd like you to check out all of our links in the show notes. We've got Patreon. We've got our Facebook. We've got Threadless. You want a, a, a fucking t-shirt with a spider that has the body of an ass and it's pooping green acid slime?
2: Uh, I do not.
1: It's called the Lufferling, and it's an Indian mythological <laughs> creature.
2: I, th- I forgot about that.
1: I want a contest with this picture. And you can get it on a T-shirt.
2: Now you can get a spider with an ass with hairy balls. It on It almost looks.
1: She thinks it looks like balls, but it's a hairy ass. With I don't care legs.
2: what you say, but that's definitely a ball spider with a hairy ball spider.
1: There's also a a, a shirt of the melon heads. They're like rednecks with major hydrocephalus.
2: Oh, you can also get um, shirts with our logo on it. Yeah, if our you guys logo. Are, you know, we love that logo. Um, it's got a tree with you know alien in the in the background picking someone up.
1: There's a shirt of the Rougarou.
2: I forgot what is the Ruguru The Rougarou called?
1: is the like the Louisiana Mississippi swamp werewolf uh, skinwalker. Yeah, okay. they're they're badass. We should do a show on them.
2: We should. That should be our next topic. Is the Rougarou.
1: And that can be found on Threadless.com. Yep,
2: yeah, and everything. Go get your shirt.
1: Yeah, I think they're like fifteen bucks starting out. You can you can get any type of garment. You get a shirt, you can get socks, you can get a backpack, you can get a skateboard. It's Hoodie. not a garment, but you know, sweatshirts,
2: tank tops. And
1: what's cool about this? It's all done by local artists, and we get a cut of that, and they get a cut of that.
2: yeah win win for everyone. You the win for us, a win for Threadless. And so for the free market, yeah, and it's like three wins. Small businesses.
1: That's awesome, right?
2: Yeah, we like small business.
1: We, I also have another podcast that I have not plugged on this. It's called Worthy of the Hall. If you like baseball and statistics and trying to find out people who used to play but didn't get the recognition that they needed, you know, probably were Hall of Famers, but nobody ever fucking talks about them, go to Worthy of the Hall. That also can be found on Apple, Spotify, any other streaming platforms.
2: Yep, we're on most platform, most major ones, so iHeartRadio, I'm pretty sure Amos. Amazon Music, technically, like, that's what it's called to to find their podcast. Google Music. Um,
1: All you have to say is, hey, Alexa, play the Night Shades Echo.
2: And it'll take you to us. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> um, I did just want to say that, um, again, we know that this was an extremely long podcast, way longer than what we normally do um, but we appreciate every single one of you taking the time to listen. Um, and if you would let us know either on, on like one of our streaming platforms that you use, um, if you did listen to it all or what your thoughts were about having this interview, you know, we'd like to have more interviews in the future.
1: And you can email us at nightshade echoes at gmail.com. Tell us what you think. If it was like a bunch of bullshit, tell me it was a bunch of bullshit. If you liked it, if you liked Crystal, if you like us, let us know so we know.
2: Yeah, let us know.
1: Leave a review on Apple. That helps us out so much.
2: Well, right. And the more stars we have, the more... um, People can see us. People can see us. It's, you know, just like when you're scrolling, the first thing you see is the stuff with the best reviews. So, you know, your reviews count. You don't even necessarily have to type anything. I think usually you can just leave stars um and if you have any issues with our podcast definitely let us know before you leave us a bad review
1: leave us a bad review i just want a review i don't even care if you like us or not if you're like hey those people are stupid and ugly leave us a review so we know that
2: okay i'll take it to heart take that to heart and i might cry (laughs) we're not gonna cry about your shitty review if that's what you think about also also
1: (laughs) which is pretty cool i want to give a shout out to our pizza bros out there in Italy that are listening to us.
2: Oh, absolutely. In uh, Italy Canada. and Canada. And Spain. Oh, yeah. Our maple leaf friends. And England. Yeah. Um, I did want to mention. We had somebody listen
1: to us in Manchester, England.
2: We have had more, which is random, more international uh, like downloads to the podcast than like our, our friends local. and family. <laughs> our
1: friends and family don't give a fuck about us. But yet, our Italian bros do. So yeah. shout out to my pizza friends out there and my maple syrup bros. All you are cool and we appreciate it just extremely much. Uh,
2: you know, you were talking about that. It, they must know that we listen to the Italian radio.
1: I listen to Italian shortwave radio. You guys are repping Shania Twain over in Italy at, at like 2 three, o'clock in the morning. Yeah,
2: three, 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning. You know, we hear you over there. We hear you.
1: Damn, I feel like a woman.
2: I feel like a woman. do, 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 do.
1: But yeah, so shout out to all you guys. We do appreciate it. I know that we skipped an episode last week, and we hope to get back on track. Life got in, got in a way. And that's just how it is, guys. Just bear with us. We
2: got kids. We got two
1: baby kids. Or well, are not their babies, but baby kids. Ba- we got two baby babies, <laughs> and so they uh, they take up a lot of time. Yep, and, and sometimes
2: t- Yeah, and sometimes my son doesn't sleep.
1: He don't like to sleep.
2: And he screams. So if he's awake and he knows you're on the phone and you're trying to do something, it's just like meltdown central. So yeah, last week at like 9.30, I was like, no, we're going we're going to bed.
1: Cash mouse, how about that?
2: Yeah, we're, go- we're going to bed. And so that's what we did. And then we didn't want to just post something in the middle of the week and then have to post again a couple days later. So we just waited a couple more days. It would fuck days. up the
1: schedule, and I don't like that. I just want to have it on even weeks or you know, if, say if we did it like during the week, it'd be like on Wednesday, and then you'd have to do another one on Saturday, you know, Sunday, and it's it's, it's just not that's not cool. It kind of throws everybody off, especially like me who I, I listen to a lot of podcasts, and if it's in out of order, then it messes up the rest of my podcasts that I listen to. So,
2: yep, you can't have that.
1: Yeah, we love y'all. We appreciate it. Thank you very much for listening, and we'll catch you next week.
0: Bye. Bye. I am become death, the destroyer of worlds. We all go a little mad sometimes. The Antichrist, you got me in a vendetta kind of mood.
1: bigfoot is blurry that's the problem it's not the photographer's fault bigfoot is blurry and that's extra scary to me because there's a large out of focus monster roaming the countryside
0: be looking at ourselves in the mirror i kind of thought it was people at first you know off like that but of course when they when they appeared there in in front of me um it was the most shock i've ever had in my life Level coming to me. I gotta do look up in the tree. Who else in the level card say yay? yay!